My name is Will Fitzgerald, and this is the Galway Film Podcast, official podcast to the Galway Film FLA. One of the big winners at Galway this past year was a micro-budget independent thriller called The Dig. Produced by Brian J. Falconer from a script by Stuart Drennan and with funding from Northern Ireland Screen, The Dig won the Best Irish Film Award at Galway before setting out into the world, starting with a North American premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. On today's episode, I'm talking with the Diggs' dynamic directing duo, the fraternal filmmakers. They're a literal double threat, Andrew and Ryan Tohill. So, so let's let's go back to the, the beginning of uh, the project. It was written by Stuart Drennan, right? That's when, correct. When did you guys come on on board? Um, well, I think it was it was a couple of years ago. Stuart actually slipped me the script. I was working on Game of Thrones at the time, and. Uh, I opened the page and it was page one, scene one, interior, jail cell, Belfast. And I just went, nope. <laughs> and it's called The Dig and you can imagine. And um, then I didn't bother reading it. I just automatically assumed it was a Troubles movie and shelved it. And then um, I had a free time on set and I started reading it. And then I was like, actually, this has nothing got to do with it. And... Then after I read it, I was like, Andrew, you got to read this film. Mm -hmm. It's actually something we could really sink our teeth into. It's a story about guilt and atonement. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in it. And it's very succinct. It's very small. And it's something that you could really achieve at a very low budget. Yeah. So it's achievable. And, you know, there was a lot of drama. So we were really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And that was about two years ago. And then officially... Uh, the process really started maybe a year ago in the development, yeah. like uh, us actually sitting in an interview and pitching for it, you know, and then it was a speedy process. It was like quite literally a year to not only create, not only, not only to shoot it and, and to develop, but to develop, redevelop the story and rework it with our writer and uh, with our producer and really make it something achievable that we were all happy with mm. and Stuart did an amazing turnaround like really amazing in a year to yeah. restructure something that he'd been working on for years yeah and then throwing it all out the window and try to start again on a new canvas with with different minds working on it and he did an amazing job and then it was shot at the end of that year that's amazing so it was quick turnaround yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what i like really admired about it was just the like the simplicity of it i've been telling everyone it's like a master house a master class in um independent filmmaking because you've got like essentially four actors and what's mm -hmm. essentially one location there's a bit yeah. More. yeah um like were those or was that those originally the elements of the script or did you guys pare that down no they were orig the original elements of the script and that's what attracted us to it um ryan and i have always been influenced by you know low budget filmmakers that you know we love genre films we love john carpenter we were raised watching his small scale films like halloween is one of our favorite films and it's yeah. it's simplicity and it's it's scale but it's so brilliantly executed so we'd always been inspired by that type of filmmaking and when we read the dig, we were like, this is simple. This can be atmospheric, you know, and it could have elements of Sergio Leone, you know, these big, vast landscapes. And, you know, so it got us excited. Um, so, yeah, it was from the initial reading, we were like, this is us. This is us. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was really 
gratifying because we've read many scripts um, that uh, passed our way over the years and we're like, not us, not us, and sci-fis, and you're like, not us. And then this was just simply simple. Yeah. You know? And so all these scripts that are coming to you, is that off the back of the survivalist short? or I think... I think um, just years of making yeah, shorts, and really? I, I think that the, the the community in the north is it's quite it's quite small for emerging filmmakers. So there's there there's a group of of guys at the same level, and they're breaking oh at the same time, you mm. know. And all of our peers and our friends have made their feature, and I think NI Screen because we kind of came up in their development schemes and stuff, and making shorts with them. You know, it, it, it almost felt like it, it was our time. And there's guys that are just under us at the minute that have came up with this and it's going to be their time next. So it, it kind of just came to a stage where it was like they were pushing us to make a decision and they weren't giving us any more funding for short films. So it was like, it was kind of right, guys, are you just going to yeah. gonna make the, the leap? You know, here's a bunch of scripts. And I remember thinking, sorry to interrupt you, Ron, but yeah. I remember thinking at the time, you know, I work in a post house in Yellow Moon post production um, so my background is a lot of editing and post and Ryan's background he, he's worked on a lot of sets where he's in constant contact with crew and he's just racking up hours and hours of experience on set and how Belfast is at the minute it's just booming in that industry and I said to Ryan a couple of years ago if you and I can't get a film made with all of our connections in both production and post-production then there's something really wrong yeah so it was kind of like it finally just happened for us you know yeah glad it did because you'd regret it ever like if it, if it never happened you know so we're yeah. glad it does it does feel like that from the outside as well looking at like there's been a, like a string of really great uh simple uh, independently made films coming yeah. out of like yeah. like the survivalist like bad day for the yeah. cut and now yeah. the dig yeah. and like, they're all our mates yeah that's like, amazing you know we're yeah. all it, it's like a little it, it's a club of it's, it's chris almost, was down here yesterday yeah uh, i had pencil last night you know and we yeah. talked movies and talked projects yeah. you know and i i had the pleasure of working on survivalist and, and mike lennox is one of our best friends he was at my yeah. wedding you know they're all they're all we're all mates you know it's, it's really great it's a great community you yeah. Know? yeah something that kind of like emerged from talking to a lot of people on this show is that like there is like an informal kind of community that seems to have like that everyone can point to that it's like no tangible thing that anybody went and organized yeah. but there is you know community is very important yeah, to them absolutely i mean i think what binds people together is the love of cinema you know and you, you get a lot of people that you know, you get a lot of people that talk about doing it and then you get people that's just, let's grab a camera and let's just go and shoot something, you mm -hmm. know? And and I think over those formative years, we, you know, there was guys that were always doing that and it was like, well, you know, if you save up and you're working in a record store and save a couple of hundred quid, you can you can pay your a guy that you know that has a camera, all of that sort of stuff. I yeah. mean, like we came from that school and, you know, all of our friends were doing the same thing and, it, it, it was and we all helped each other out on our shorts you know and and now it's getting to the stage where like chris for example you know he's he's over in canada shooting television now and you know it's just amazing to see that the guys that you knew when you were you know 17 18 are yeah. doing it for a living so mm -hmm. 
it's inspirational. On the, on the yeah. flip side of that, though, as well, like breaking it down, if someone was like looking in from the outside and going, oh, well, this is everyone's in like a club that I can't, you know, get access to. Mm. Like, that's not what we're talking about either. No. You're very much no. on your own, yeah. plugging your own projects. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is I, th- I also think it's a very generational thing. I mean, yeah, there's a new generation yeah. coming up there's behind guys, us yeah, and who we kind of don't know, and they're all snapping at our heels. And it's like, that's exactly it. it but the, they formed their circles through the exact same way that we formed ours. You mm-hmm. know, it's like going to the QFT and watching movies and going to the pub afterwards and talking about them. And, you know, it, it's almost like history repeating itself it's, for yeah, another generation. It's quite us. literally, uh, it's quite a fledgling uh, community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and you know, um, I, there was generations before us, but it was quite small. And, and you know, the the change of the digital age and and social media, well, you know, people congregate easier now. And you know, their Facebook page is made up in moments, and before you know it, it's got hundreds of people in a room together talking about film. So yeah. that, uh, like, we had a smaller version of that, you know, and now it's it's much bigger and it's growing and it's amazing to see. And there's guys that are younger than us, like 21, 22, and, you know, like, they're they're out there and they're making movies, and we're just going, God, they, they have life, such network now. Yeah, life you know? gets more complicated the older you get. <laughs> yeah. Well, ask a personal question, because people are always interested to know these things. You just got your first feature made, and you guys are age... Uh, we are 35? 35. 35. Wow, 35. okay. 35. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It happens uh, different ages for other people. I mean, Mike... Mike got his film when he was like 28 I think you know and we always set that benchmark it was like Martin Scorsese he made Taxi Driver at 27 <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta move yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like I have I have three kids and I remember thinking when my kids were born I was like that's that's the dream over and I never do it now you know and a filmmaker friend of mine Brian Henry Martin um he said you know, Coppola didn't make a Godfather, did he? he had a family, and that's, that's what inspired him to wow. make a Godfather. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So that uh, kept plugging away. Yeah, yeah. fair play, and, and, yeah. and it worked I, out. Yeah, I think, I think it doesn't really matter as long as you know. There's filmmakers out there. They didn't start later, and Michael Haneke, for example, like mm-hmm. he, that guy didn't start until he was in his forties. Yeah, and he's now one of the most, like one of the most proficient filmmakers Definitely of all time. Revered. You know, and yeah. You know, I think I think it's it's it gets to a stage in your life where you can't you can't ignore it anymore, and you really you need to make your mark. You yeah, know? I and that's another thing. Like I think Ryan and I used the dig; it was like our point to prove we'd we'd been making films since we were like fourteen with camcorders, and you start making shorts, and then you start making funded shorts, and then you start making more important funded shorts that are associated with other things, and then it's like right. Now we we have a point to prove here. Make mm-hmm. make the feature, you know, and it's like it's a real bucket list, and everything from beyond this point, whether it's awards or other opportunities to make other films, like we really feel like we've we've accomplished what we really wanted to do was make a feature. So yeah. sky's the limit after this. Very good. And so as well, going touching on that, you talking about you know playing around with camcorders when you were younger mm. and stuff. Um, do you consider yourselves largely self-taught? Did you go to film school? Was that useful? Um, taught by cinema. <laughs> yeah. Taught taught by films. Watching so, some young Tarantinos. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's I, yeah. Like uh, when when Tarantino says that, he's like, I, I you know I was taught by films. I, we're exactly the same. We just watched films. I think mm-hmm. um, 
and experiment. Yeah, uh, we read, of course, we read books and we had to understand that there's certain laws that you just can't escape from filmmaking and, and you learn those through the process. But we really did learn editorially by stopping recording, moving the camera, yeah. pressing record, and, <laughs> yeah. and just trying to logistically and visually understand why things look cinematic and why that works and why how does that camera move so smoothly oh that's because it's on wheels and it's on a track and you go oh right okay let's go build our own and then we go build a dolly and then we would end up having to buy a dolly and you know the flat pack ones and you know it was just trying to really get a grasp of the fundamental aspect and mm. then it got to a stage where we were old enough it was like right now's our opportunity let's jump on a film set let's try to understand the industry yeah. and then as soon as we could we were working in the film industry and and uh, to just finish I don't even know if it's a point anymore but to finish I'll say to anyone that is wanting to really engage and to be a filmmaker just get on a set a professional film set as soon as you can and just learn and watch and understand how all of these elements work because there are so many people with so many different jobs that don't really concern you but as a filmmaker I think it's fundamental that you really understand time and how long things take and understand and respect the role of every person. How the operation works. Because everyone's a cog in that wheel and you're in the driver's seat. And if one of those isn't working properly, you know, or... Car's not going to run. Yeah, I yeah. mean... Uh, you have to appreciate the factory side of it. Absolutely. As well as the there is a factory. Yeah. There is a factory there. And it's, it's the most unbelievably smash intense uh clash of art and factory mm. you know and the filmmaker's Practical. responsibility is to to maintain the artistic integrity of the story and to really channel that but you have to be a tough guy i mean you have to you have you have to make sure that you're not you're not abusing your power and you're treating people with respect because everyone's there to do a job on your film that probably don't care about your film as much as you do most likely sure. they don't yeah you know and you you gotta you gotta understand that their job is quite succinct and it's quite acute and they're paid to do that and the overall story and the message that's the filmmaker's concern and that's the responsibility but you got to treat people right and the only way to really know and to understand that is to be at the bottom of that ladder yeah and build yourself up and then you'll have respect for other people that work on your set so get on a know. set yeah I hope um, I didn't ramble too much. No, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And so as well on the set, like break it down how, because like co-directors, how does that work for you guys? Does is like, do, what, do you each have strengths that you play to? Yeah, de definitely. <laughs> Ran's more patient. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm from an editorial background. Um, so I would always be behind the monitor watching what the camera's doing, talking a lot with our DOP, um, I'm being like it would always be edited in my head as I'm working on the film, and um, Ran Ran's very good at working with actors and 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 talking and communicating what the scenes are about. Like we both know, it's like what we've always said: our homework is done before we get the set. I mean, there'll be curveballs that you need to deal with, and 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 you have to think in your feet, but. Um, the work is done before we get there and it's just a matter of choosing who's going to execute it yeah. and who can execute it better mm -hmm. and filmmaking's exhausting i mean we, we we shot the dig in 18 days and it was 
intense. And there was just times that you got the scene and I was completely burnt out. I'd been burnt out by the three scenes previous. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's really helpful because Ryan can just go, I see, you're you're talking word porridge. It's time for me to take over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that it really helps us as filmmakers to be it's almost like a tag team. Yeah, it really. You is. know, and and if you're really having a meltdown, <laughs> it's literally tag him in and you go and, you know, gather yourself. But I mean, uh, the gift of being twins is because we're we're born and raised and we worked together for a long time. And we watched we're, films together. Yeah, we've mm. got this like paralleled vision, in, intrinsic vision that there's very little discussion on set about what we want to achieve and and uh, the taste that we have because it is interlinked almost. Mm. And any discussion or any disagreement is usually done before we've ever got to set. Yeah. So it really is all about the prep. That would know? be especially if you're shooting a film in eighteen days, like you prep, just gotta prep, prep, prep. you yeah. gotta know exactly what you're going to do. You, you can't know? afford to waste time exactly. arguing on set. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then is also like you said, you're raised, brought up together, yeah. uh, working together. Do you get sick of each other? <laughs> like, do you have days? Are there just like are those arguments full blown? Like not like looking for the air, dirty yeah. laundry, but yeah, there would be heated I, arguments. I tell you, the yeah. first arg- the first and only argument we had on the day was day one driving to set. Yeah. What was that over? <laughs> you do, you don't I think know. we were just really tired. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it, we were like, okay, well, as soon as we get out of the car, I think we did. We did. I think we did some mindfulness Man. headspace. Yeah, we did. We, we did out of the, the headspace up. That's right, we did. We just and mellow. that mellowed us out and then we're like, right, let's go, let's go complete Ooh. the dream, you know? So it was fun. Cool. Um, so future plans. Uh, what's happening? Still, um, we're still looking at release of the dig, looking at other scripts. Um, we are developing a couple of things. Yeah. Um, we have a bit of a passion project that we've had for years that we pitched to a writer who we're good friends with. But um, yeah, it was like it's something that we've been developing for quite a while, and we don't want to say too much about it. But fair enough. Um. Uh, we've got a writer attached, um, and hopefully in a couple of years it'll hit the screens. Yeah, and the good thing about this project is we're in it from the birth. Yeah. yeah. So, and we're not writers. Yeah. We know enough about writing to know we're not good enough to write. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? So That's smart. We can yeah. edit, but we can't write. <laughs> yeah. And um, we're, sto- we're ideas people, but we're not writers. We're, so the we're good not- thing is it's, 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 it's from birth, from our imagination, so... That's great in the way that the fe- uh, the dig wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we took that on and molded it into our our vision, but uh, this will be a little different. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, well, thanks for taking the time. Thank uh, you, Ryan and Andy. Cheers. Cool, cool, cool. Cheers, guys. That's our show. Our show is produced by Grease on Demand Skillnet Training. As always, we'd like you to leave us a review if you enjoyed listening. We'd also like you to subscribe. We don't want to lose you. You mean a lot to us, dear listener. I'll be back next week with our last episode of the season, but be assured we have lots more to come in 2019, including another episode next week. Until then, I'm Will Fitzgerald. Slongofall.